Welcome to another episode of A Pain in the Glass podcast. This is your host, Bill Shearhart, coming to you from Grand Bend, Ontario, the ancestral land of the Kettle and Stony Point First Nations. A Pain in the Glass podcast is sponsored by Canada Curling Stone of Kamoka, Ontario. As you have seen by the show notes, this is Pebble Water 6.0. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, and thank you for doing that, you'll know that every once in a while I put forth an episode which is a, a collection of thoughts and ideas, uh, uh, noticing some things of interest that have come my way through various sources. And, of course, this is one of those times. I start off with an article from McLean's Magazine once again, and I'll say more about it because it will be the the lead to this episode. In the past couple of weeks, I have received some email from some of my listeners, and again, I encourage If you are a listener to the podcast and want to weigh in with a question or a topic or anything you'd like uh, me to talk about or deal with on the podcast, it's coachbill at hey.net. And a couple people did, and I want to uh, bring those ideas and questions to everybody's attention. One of my fellow podcasters, Glenn Gabriel, who has a an excellent podcast, uh, Coaching Kids Curling. And Glenn was one of the first people that I went to when I came up with the notion of putting a podcast together. So I, I want to talk a little bit about Glenn's podcast. I also came across a fantastic series of webinars which are being presented by Curling Canada, and I'll talk about those webinars, and I hope that many of you will will sign on. So with that, let's get right to it with this first uh, topic. And again, as I indicated, it is an article. It's called Teach Kids About Misinformation. Now, I referred to an article about the addiction of gaming with young people. And I thought this article, which was much shorter, uh, about critical thinking with young people followed very nicely to the idea that was put forth about addiction with gaming. So I will uh, read that one for you. And again, I hope it causes you to think about the young people in your uh, sphere whether you are a parent or grandparent. And again, it's Teach Kids About Misinformation. It's an article by Timothy Caulfield. So with that, let's get started with Pebble Water 6.0. Teach Kids About Misinformation by Timothy Caulfield. The Canadian wildfires were caused by space lasers, The U.S. government is run by lizard people. The COVID vaccines contain microchips. Nope, nope, and nope. That all seems obvious, but a surprising percentage of people believe such nonsense. An abacus survey from June of 2022, for example, 
found that a quarter of Canadians think that it is possibly, and it was 14%, or probably true, 11%, that COVID vaccines include secret chips designed to monitor and control their behavior. Put another way, 3.3 million Canadians were pretty sure there were microchips in the vaccines, and another 4.2 million were open to the idea. To be clear, there were no microchips. It's easy to mock these kinds of off-the-rail beliefs, but we shouldn't. In my work as a professor and author, I've been researching public representations of science for decades, including how misinformation and pseudoscience are disseminated online, and I still need to remind myself to dial back the snark. People believe, share, and act on harmful misinformation for complex reasons. Maybe they're under financial stress, or they're experiencing mental health challenges, or they distrust government. But these days, there's also the problem of volume. Humans are bombarded with about 74 gigabytes of information every day which is roughly equivalent to watching 16 movies. We check our phones more than a 100 times a day. Plus, the incentives baked into our attention economy, likes, follows, and retweets, are all rigged to encourage the sharing of questionable content. This ridiculously chaotic information environment could cause any adult to fall for things they shouldn't. Now, think of the children. Many kids and teens lack both the capacity and necessary cognitive skills to wade through all the noise. In June of 2023, a survey from YouGov, a British market research firm, found that American kids are more susceptible to misinformation than older adults partly due to the fact that they spend more time online and, as a result, are exposed to more bunk. To make matters worse, children and teenagers are often the specific targets of misleading content. A 2021 analysis by NewsGuard, an online tool that rates the credibility of news websites, found that kids as young as nine encounter misinformation within minutes of activating a TikTok account. Fighting the spread of misinformation isn't a battle that can be won quickly. It's a problem that seems likely to intensify thanks to the rise of artificial intelligence and the recent rollback of misinformation countermeasures on social media platforms like YouTube. Instead of trying to curb misinformation, we need to empower children with critical thinking skills, and we need to do it now. Kids should learn these skills very early and very often, ideally in public school, starting in grade one, or even before then. And they should continue to learn them through university and beyond. In terms of lesson planning, educators will need to teach kids to embrace an ethos of accuracy, to recognize that our society is increasingly filled with misleading and sometimes willfully inaccurate content. Young kids are naturally curious and full of questions about the world. We can teach them to employ these inclinations when it comes to evaluating the news. 
We'll need to teach them to pause and consider the data used to support a claim. Lesson one, a meme, scary anecdote, or TikTok rant is not solid evidence. We'll also need to instruct them on the role of biases, including our own, when interpreting and presenting facts. All of us are guilty of confirmation bias, to some degree that is, clinging to facts that confirm our existing beliefs. A few episodes ago, I talked about what I considered to be the most important skill in curling. And of course, it was entirely subjective. It was my opinion. And I started out by saying, of course, that there are no unimportant skills. Simon from Switzerland, like that, Simon from Switzerland, replied in an email with the following message. I like your podcast. You inspired me to think about the most important skill in curling. For me, it is actually focus on what you are doing, not on the circumstances or on winning. If a curler is able to deliver a rock the same way in training as the last rock in a gold medal game on whatever level, have the same thoughts while delivering, that's so valuable and not easy to teach. You talked about consistency. Focus seems to be an important factor for consistency as well. Is it weird to call a mental skill the most important? I wish you all the best and send greetings from Switzerland. Well, Simon, I couldn't agree with you more. And I should have mentioned that when I talked about what I considered the most important skill, I should have added the caveat that I was referring to technical skills. People who know me know how much importance I place on what I euphemistically refer to as the warm side of the glass. And you're absolutely right. Uh, There is an episode that I call 300 Seconds where I talk about the importance of, in a pre-shot routine, having all of those factors, some of which you mentioned in your message, in place, because that's going to have a tremendous impact on the potential for the success of the shot you're about to play. Certainly, if you have a sound technical delivery, that's going to get you in the door. But I agree with you, Simon, that the technical side and focus is certainly one of them, along with visualization, brain balance, the ability to calm down. But since we're talking about the the warm side of the glass, the sort of mental skill, if we can call it that, that I think I would place in the premier position is attitude. Because if you don't come with the right attitude to the shot that you're about to play, the chances of success are not very good. And Attitude is always a choice. It's never placed upon you. It's your choice. And there's just so many from which to choose. And again, those people who know me best and know me well, the attitude that I put at the top is, I just can't wait to play. Those who have played for me would know I'm going to say that. 
I just can't wait to play. The implications of that six-word sentence are tremendous. It, it, it talks about it talks about preparation. It talks about the joy that uh, you felt in just playing the game in the first place. So, Simon, thank you very much for that email. And uh, I, I'd like to hear from others uh, the skills, whether it's on the warm side or the cold side of the glass, that you think are so important. So send those emails to me, coachbill at hey.net. That's coachbill at hey.net. Another email that came my way recently from my friend in supernatural British Columbia, Gary Wilson, and Gary writes the following. I hope you're having a great summer. It is hot here in Kelowna and smoky as there is a fire down in in Oliver, B.C. That's, of course, wine country. And some other fires in the surrounding area causing us a lot of smoke. My wife and I just got from Hadigwai. It was a wonderful vacation. Weather was great. It was the second time there, but this time we drove to Prince Rupert and got on the ferry to Hadigwai. Saw a lot of the north, which both of us have not seen. My wife wanted to do an indigenous holiday and explore the cultures, which we did. I can see us going back again, as there is still a lot more to see and do. As always, I have a question for you. Do you know anything about the GTX-5 head for the throwing stick? I'm looking at getting one, but I I want to know if you know anything about it, and is it durable? Uh, I, I I haven't seen one up close and personal. I I hope I have this right, and the the wheelchair people will correct me on this. This GTX five head seems to have really captured the uh, wheelchair curlers. It, it's a it's an intriguing device. Um, I participated in the Canadian Stick Curling Championships uh, this this past season when uh, they were in in BC and I and I saw one in action and the thing that's so cool about it and again I hope I have this right is it it applies the rotation for you and it's the way you set the device onto the handle of the rock and when when you deliver it uh, you really only have one one thing to worry about and that's uh, uh, the the line of delivery and of course the weight but as far as rotation is concerned, it, it applies it. So, uh, again, I invite people who are more knowledgeable about this GTX 5 head to uh, send me an email. And again, coachbill at hey.net. That's coachbill at hey.net. Gary has also talked to me a number of times about choosing teammates. Um, uh, he has difficulty finding uh, another teammate on, on a, a two-person configuration. Um, and, and it's it's not a, a second-class citizen not to have the same hope and aspiration. But when you're looking for teammates for the upcoming season, make sure that everybody on the, the team, the potential teammates, you all have the same hopes and aspirations and the preparation and time and effort that goes with that. Uh, Don't be so concerned and dazzled by a great curling delivery 
A person might have a great curling delivery and a pretty good competitive resume, but if everybody on the team isn't pulling the, the same way for the same reason and willing to put in the same amount of work, uh, it, it's probably not going to work. And so I, I would just add that as well. So Gary, uh, uh, thank you very much for being such a loyal listener. And I, I hope that answers your question. This morning on Facebook, there was an entry by Curling Canada Youth Curling about a youth curling webinar series. And I'm just going to simply read the description here. The Curling Canada-led Youth Curling Webinar Series is intended to spread knowledge on various topics to young curlers, ages U9, U12, U15, U18, parents, coaches, and youth program leaders. There are four nights. It starts uh, October the 23rd, September 6th, September 20, and October 4. They are they start at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and again those dates, August 23rd, and the topic for that webinar is new U12 Rockstars program. It's about the old badge program. You might want to remember that and long-term curling development model. The September 6th webinar triples curling. The third webinar, September 20, is all about the singles app and U15 regional Rockfest events. And the last webinar, October 4, hit draw and tap. And again, they are all uh, starting at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. You can register, and again, uh, there doesn't appear as though there's any cost. Uh, they just want to know how many people are going to be participating. Uh, and again, I click on the URL on the Facebook entry, and it took me to this page that I just read to you. If you go to the Curling Canada website, I'm sure you will find it as well. So again... Youth Curling Webinar Series, four nights, October 23, September 6, September 20, and October 4. I'm going to sign on, and the topics are going to be extremely useful if you are working in a, a youth development program. And speaking of youth development programs, my friend Glenn Gabriel has a podcast on uh uh, Little Rock Curling, an excellent podcast, and he just published his 100th episode and included uh, comments from coaches that he has come into contact. I think there were about 30 of us, and I strongly suggest if you are in this category of working with Little Rocks and youth, you check out Glenn's excellent podcast Um uh, you can find it on all of the uh, platforms, all of the popular platforms. Glenn does a, an excellent job. He's a much better podcaster than I am. He, he's, <laughs> I, I really like his style. Uh, he's very, very precise in uh, all of the show notes and that sort of thing. I try to give you the basics with mine, but I, I certainly look up to Glenn. So once again, Glenn's podcast is Coaching kids curling that's coaching kids curling um, and i want to thank glenn for including me in that group of 30 
um, the advice that was was given was greatly diversified, and I strongly suggest that you tune in, not just to Glenn's 100th, but to all of his episodes. So, Glenn, thank you very much. And thank you, my listeners, for joining me for this episode of uh, uh, Paint in the Glass podcast. This one was a little bit shorter, and you deserve to have one that's a little bit shorter. Uh, the ones that we have done recently have been a, a little bit longer, but I hope the uh, the time has been well spent. And I usually sign off, uh, of course, by saying be safe and think only happy thoughts. And I'm going to be a little bit more specific on the happy thought idea. Uh, I'm going to uh, try to uh, finish off, and this will be the first one, with what I consider a happy thought. And this was something that was expressed to me, and I apologize to whoever said it to me uh, that I can't remember who it was. So, But it wasn't the who it was. It was what they said. I was all set to get in my vehicle and, and head home. And the person said, Bill, always remember, don't drive faster than your guardian angel can fly. So again, don't drive faster then your guardian angel can fly. Great advice. So until next time, there's a happy thought for you.